1: Hey guys, welcome to the last episode of the Nina Cavs, the show for the year, oh my god, you know what, finish as the year has gone, that was absolutely dog shy, it was horrible, it's been awful, I'm not enjoying football right now, I'm going to be honest with you, I just want a little break, I want a timeout. we need a break, uh, you know, fully expecting Liverpool to win, to get the points, against the draw didn't happen um nil nil to Newcastle this show is brought to you in partnership with Liberty Shields the perfect VPN companion for all your entertainment and privacy needs where you get a massive 25% off using the coupon code AI VPN liberty shields offers free VPN for apps for apps for iOS Android Amazon Fire Stick Mac and Windows i made a total balls up of the last bit but you know what it would be fitting for this pod And joining me on this podcast, I have two incredible guests. They will not let me down. They never let me down. It's an honor to have on both Justin Wells and Kuzi. Welcome, guys.
2: Hey, Nina. How's it going?
1: I'm fucking angry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Not the only one.
1: Yeah. Justin, how are you?
0: Um, I've been better. (laughs) That was ugly to watch. Um,
1: Yeah.
0: uh, It's... I'm struggling between the necessity to throw flamethrowers and have measured takes. So uh, Mm. let, let the, let the tape roll and see what you get.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know what, Um, before we actually talk about the game as well, I think it's kind of important to kind of talk about where we are and how it's been, because I mean, you know, I was sat there numb with all the injuries and understood why they happened because of all the games and the fixtures, but I'm I'm watching some of these performances and I'm watching us being wasteful and I'm just sat there looking just... It's, it's a combination of being numb and frustrated at the same time and knowing that, you know, any other season we're absolutely running away and then you've got to be a bit sympathetic and a bit calm because of the situation and what's going on. My head's everywhere. I mean, Kuzi, how are you?
2: Yeah, I, I feel exactly the same, you know. Um, I mean, there are reasons to explain the drop in the level, mm. and I ex- and I expected the levels to drop this season. Not not even considering all of the injuries, had we had a fully strength like fully fit squad, I'd still expected the levels to to drop from sort of the last couple of years, uh, just because historically team hasn't really been that consistent over a long period of time, um, or two or, or more than three seasons, I should say. So I expected a dip, but it's still really frustrating when you actually when it actually happens. Um, after we beat Spurs in that really tight game, and then we smashed Palace, I think everyone thought that yep, it was time to kick on. Now we would we would start rolling. Mm. So mm. the last couple of games has been really, really frustrating. It's just just brought us back to earth and back to feeling, um, sort of the feelings before the Spurs game, really, which is which is how you how you described a bit. Just a bit nonplussed with it, really, a bit apathetic towards it, you know.
1: Yeah, you just don't know how to act. You, you, you know, like it's like it's like a clusterfuck of all these emotions. And what about you, Justin? Because I mean, this must be so insane watching, right? And I know you guys have to follow and watch at you know all kinds of times. And from like last season, what we saw before we sleep. Before, um you know, COVID and stuff, you know, we, we look pretty decent and we look pretty good. And, you know, it was always fun watching the Reds. And I, I just want to get your thoughts and your take on this because we are coming to the end of the year. So it will be quite nice to hear what you have to say on the matter.
0: I mean, it's, it's just uh if the best way to go about this is like going on the same thing that Kazi was speaking about, which is going back to Spurs. Now, I wasn't afraid of Spurs winning the league when we played against them, beating us, beating them, kind of dropped them back. Yeah. I'm not afraid of United when they come in in 2 weeks. But if City catch us then I'm afraid, right? Then I just don't think that we have it in us. But for 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 us it's just about getting players healthy and getting players back. It was like I'm I'm going to try to find a positive for a minute. Getting seeing Thiago play was 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 pleasant. It was 23 minutes of total play, but it is it, it's what we needed, right? Cuz we just need to see more healthy midfielders come back. This part of what we saw today is after the 8-day break between Palace and uh west brom you saw jordan henderson and uh, curtis jones have to go out and play another game like those guys are flogged and dead and it shows because they both look flogged and dead and it, it we just it, it, everything needs to slow down and we need to get players healthy if we're going to want to have really any chance at, at, at having this season end with some sort of silverware which um i like seasons that end with silverware so and i'm, get, I'm getting kind of used to them so i'd like them to continue
1: yeah, and kind of let's talk about this game because, of course, you know, um because uh, yeah, I'll come to you because uh, obviously, United again, we're in quite a, a really like kind of dull game, but we we kind of watched it and they kind of did a smash and grabs and I, and I kind of anticipated it and it happened. So you know, they're they're two points behind. I mean, I'm not. It's it's a long you know it's a long season. I don't really consider them to be a big big threat at all. Um, you know, I think they will crumble, but you kind of see their kind of result. And their performance and how they kind of grinded it out, you know, at the end got a goal in injury time. And then, you know, you're, you're kind of hopeful that Liverpool put a bit of a breathing gap between us and them, you know, make it five points, hopefully. And it's you look at the team lineup. So talk to me about that. Cause I think, I think there's a lot of concerns maybe about the midfield.
2: Yeah. I mean, when I saw the lineup, the first thing I looked at was midfield. And, hmm. um, and this, this first thoughts were that it's going to be difficult to, for them, to, for the three of them, to create. Um, I was hoping maybe um, one of the more attacking players would, would would get would get a game in midfield, maybe Taki or maybe Shack, for example. But I don't know if they're fit enough. Um, I didn't think Thiago would start, but initial thoughts were that the fullbacks and the front three would need to have really good games. And apart from Mane, who didn't have the best of games, it wasn't vintage Mane, but he was—I think—he was the best out of the the attackers and the fullbacks. Um, Rubble was decent, but you know, not at his highest level. Trent was poor, I think, and um, Moen and, and 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 Firmino weren't great. Um, so when the midfield struggles to create, you're really sort of hoping for some magic for for the players I just mentioned. So that was the first thoughts going into it. Um, I weren't that. Not that concerned about the points gap at the moment. It's more as Justin mentioned, Man City. If they get a consistent run going, then I'll be slightly concerned. Um mm. it's difficult for them to get that run because at the moment they're not even playing games because of COVID. So um they haven't they haven't been able to sort of reel, reel off wins to sort of have me have me concerned. I don't see the likes of Man United Spurs and whoever else is in the top six Villa Everton. I don't see them winning the league. Come, come the end of the season. Um, so I'm not overly worried about the points gap at the moment. It's just the um, the dropping points to teams that you know we should be beaten. Um, so I, I sort of expected after I touched on it earlier, after the the Spurs win and the Palace win, and looking at the um, the fixtures, I sort of expected us to maybe put a bit of a run together. But suppose the, in this season, this is probably the biggest season where, or the most the season where it's most relevant, is to take one game at a time. Um, that's probably going to have to be the approach because it's like you're not sure what we're going to get <laughs> we could be vintage one game and not great the other um, yeah. I did think we might have a fast start today just because of the way we ended the last game and the, st- and, and the noises coming out from players and manager that you know it wasn't good enough and you saw the number of tweets from the squad saying it weren't good enough if you drop your level this is what can happen blah 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 and so I expected at least for the first twenty minutes it would be there would be more urgency than there was. Um, so yes, yeah, bit of a bit of a letdown. So that that's my that's my ramble, <laughs> my initial ramble.
1: You know what? We're a little bit everywhere because I've got to ask you, like, <laughs> um, you know, we have some background noise on your side. It, it looks like you're moving house. <laughs> you're like a fucked here for. I'm going somewhere else. I'm moving to Mars.
2: <laughs> no, that's 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 my daughter creating havoc.
1: So you have to bear with me. You. you know what she's stomping around, <laughs> she's not happy with the result. I like it. She's sharing <laughs> her passion right here. Um uh so yeah, that that's what it is. Okay, and what about you? Um Justin, how how did you feel about the the lineup in the midfield? Because obviously, I know that is a big concern for everyone. We kind of do look at the midfield, and obviously, with the lack of creativity that we saw against West Brom, and have disjointed the midfield look. I think everyone was kind of looking at it through a microscope.
0: For me, another huge problem is, is um, it's it's Nat Phillips uh, playing him right. You're trading the ability to head the ball for really, you know, making your high line. Somewhat suicidal. Thankfully, Newcastle didn't take too much of advantage of it, save one opportunity from Callum Wilson that Fabinho swept up nicely. And then in possession, you, you really can't he's he's an extra man that you just can't use because he he's not gonna really try to press into space. He he kind of carried the ball forward once the entire match. Um otherwise, mm-hmm. he's gonna receive the ball exactly where he's standing and he's trying to get rid of it very quickly but not very in a not in a manner that's. he's trying to get rid of it he's not going to get rid of it quickly and he's not and he's and he's pressable so he just forces your midfield back 10 yards when you're playing a high line that's not exactly what you need to see you need your midfield pushing the other side back like that's the purpose of a high line so we just got kind of stuck there today and I you know I don't think that Jordan Henderson Curtis Jones and James Milner are the three players to play through that kind of tactic now the the ultimate issue here is what else could Klopp do because it's either seemingly Reese Williams or Nat Phillips in this particular in this particular game against a Newcastle side that's got some players who are who are going to try to you know win balls in the air. Callum Wilson's decent in the air. Joel Linton is decent in the air. So you need to play someone who can stand up to it. And the options are playing a 19 year old or playing Nat Phillips. Uh, I think at the second half we maybe could have take, taken a bit of a risk and maybe pushed. Henderson at two center back um, when we knew we'd have more of the ball, but uh, you know that's a that that's a separate point on how Klopp managed substitutions that needs to be addressed deeply in the analysis of this game because it was it was very poor. But the lineup, you know, you were you were going to get you got exactly what you'd expect out of that lineup the the lack of creativity in midfield and a, a center back who you just really can't rely on to do very much.
1: Do you think though, like, um, because I-, I think the last time I saw Phillips was it against West Ham? Was it against West Ham when he played? I think he played against Brighton was as him, well. Literally- he
0: played against Brighton as well.
1: Did he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, his and sympathizers- we were shit
0: in the build-up in that game too.
1: Mm. Yeah, um, uh, I think he the one game where he actually looked pretty decent. I think it was West Ham where it was like yeah. dying minutes, and he puts in that big clearance header, right? And, you know, he puts in a really decent performance. I think we're at this really, it's really hard as well because again, everything what you say, Justin, is spot on. You know, he did slow things down and you could tell he looked quite uncomfortable. I noticed all these things. And we're sat here and you're talking about a 19 year old in, in, in Reese Williams. And, and, you know, um, he had to come on last, um, in the last game against West Brom and, um, you saw them trying to target him. And we're just in this really, really horrible situation. And it's really frustrating because, Kuzi, I'd like to get your thoughts on this as well, because we, I mean, Fabinho looks great. We know Fabinho looks great. But it's just, it's getting frustrating because you're hoping, and I know it's not going to happen, but you're hoping that we buy a centre-back in, in, in the window. Because that that whole Van Dyke injury has caused a massive domino effect. And I think Gag's, a few, few weeks ago, actually said this and predicted this. And I have to give him a shout out here because I think he was absolutely spot on. Because not having Fabinho in that midfield, you can really tell.
2: It's, a, it's been a, almost word, like worst-case scenario. With with Van Dyke going out for the season, the hope is that you will have Matip and Goldmans available for the majority of the season. And Fabinho will play at centre-back as and when you need him. What's, yeah. What's been the case is that Fabinho has been the linchpin. Gomez is out as well, and Matip can't string two or three games together. Um, even for Matip, this is a ridiculous season in terms of his availability. Yeah. He, he can't, he just can't get a run together at all. And so, um, and so yeah, so we're, we're in this situation. I, I hope we'd buy two centre backs. I know it's real unrealistic, but you know, I want Fabinho back in midfield because yeah. I think a, a big part of the dropping points away from home is not having him in the midfield area. Mm-hmm. Um as well as as, as Van Dyken, as well as the keeper, our consistency in the last couple of seasons, he's been a big part of that. Well, him in been, Madrid's been a big part of that. And we mm. miss him in that in that in that area. So um it is an issue. Um I mean the standard of the league isn't as high as it was the last couple of seasons. So I think you can still get away with that and end up winning the league. So I don't think um us not having that or a new centre-back, or having to have Fabinho at the back with one of the youngsters, I don't think that's fatal to our chances of winning the title. But um, if you just sort of make the best of the situation. Now, thinking about whether you'd go with Phillips or Williams, um, I think both of them are sort of similar in the year. I, I think Williams is decent in the year. Won a few, won a number of balls in the year against Kane and, and, and the like. Yes, yeah, yeah. he's lack of speed, and, and Phillips is lack of speed. That's the main issue. If they get caught, exposed 1v1, then you're in problems,
1: and we saw that, um, didn't we, in the first half today?
2: It, exactly. Um, so that that is the concern. So it's it's what do you do tactically to combat against that? Um, do you you def- you not, not as defenders high? I mean, the the, the big I gotta say the biggest disappointment for me was the was how slow we passed the ball today. Mm. So you'd expect Phillips to be uncomfortable with the ball at his feet. You know, as a few times he tried to do passes and he gave them away. Oh, he got the ball stuck under his feet. But I mean, the same could be said with a lot of the other players. He you'd expect to be much better. Um, Trent on the ball wasn't fantastic. Um, but Henderson probably had his worst game of the season in terms of what he'd done on the ball because couldn't mm. it just couldn't create anything. Um, Milner was um, was probably the better of the midfield three. James Milner,
0: yeah, um, I don't believe just it that. Couldn't
2: do anything. Oh, there's Jones, there's, Jones absolute, just there's no do
0: question.
2: Yeah. So the three of them in front of. Of of Phillips, they weren't great. And um, and having said all of that, we still created enough chances to win the game, but the front three weren't on fire either. So, it's like a yeah, really we'll we'll get to, we'll get
1: to that in a minute. Yeah, we will absolutely get to that in a minute. And Justin, I'll come to you because I I have to agree with Kuzi, and you you chimed in there and you said James Milner. I mean, it comes to something when your your midfielder, who's nearly thirty five, who's meant to be a bit part player, actually has some willingness and was showing something about him. Was you know putting in the blocks, trying to create stuff as well, you know, trying to ping the ball in, you know, he won the ball back, you know, uh, I think it was um, uh, in the first half, he won the ball back and, you know, he. I I think there was some, I can't remember who it was, where there was a lovely passage of play and I think James Milner was the initial player that won the ball, I think it was a Trent Alexander-Arnold cross, was it from that? But you, yes, yes, yeah, I, know, I, know, was, I, know,
0: yeah. I know. Yeah, it was. It, it's also, you know what, with, with Milner, he also just basically gave you 73 minutes of a midfielder who's not Jones, Wijnaldum, or Henderson playing, which is possibly, if you're going to look for in the context of a nil-nil result for another silver lining, it's getting, a, it's a midfielder not taxing the, the you know, the, the only three who have been healthy further, right? Because we do have to turn around and play again on the fourth. Now, obviously, it's close to a full recovery between now and then, but um, having just any midfielder get extra get minutes into just lessen the load off of those guys is good, because we need midfielders to come back healthy. We need Thiago to be able to play 90 minutes. We need the Ox to be able to... I don't even know why he didn't come on today, because this was a game that was screaming for someone like him, um, but... We, you know, and Minamino, all these guys need to play. And I, I just don't get why Klopp is so hesitant to do so. Because in previous years, rotation's been how he's navigated Decembers. And navigating Decembers have been really good for us um, lately. And up until this season. And this season, he's, he's making some of the same mistakes he made in 16-17. Uh, there's, every, everybody looks dead on their feet. And I, and it seems like he's also trying to make the same mistake of trying to just trying to go all out too hard with what he thinks is his best eleven. Obviously, that's extremely compromised right now. To try to to try to just you know win the title in December, which is not going to happen this year.
1: No, it's it really isn't going to happen. And you're right; they just look physically fatigued and like mentally fatigued as well. And. And, um, you know, I I have to, it reminds me of, I think it was Jurgen Klopp's first season or second season. I think we were playing Sunderland. And it was Sadio Mane who, um, uh, I think um, he he just, hum, he like cleared the ball with his hand and it was a penalty. And it was right after Boxing Day. And, you could, and that was just mental fatigue that. just creeping yeah. in. You know, like, I can't, I, I just physically can't be bothered. I'm just going to use, do you remember it?
2: Yeah, I remember that.
1: That was inexplicable. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god, what are you doing?" He wasn't even like sly about it. It was just like full on, like, "You're gonna see me do this." I'm just so mentally tired. No one, no one, getting in my way. I think you know, um, because I'll yeah, I'll come to you on this as well because um, I think here's the difference between Crystal Palace. Right, we looked mustard against Crystal Palace, and it was because we got the shots and we took all our chances. And because Beautiful. we took our early chances, we took them to the sword because they immensely crumbled. That's what we do to teams because Crystal yeah. Palace actually started off quite well. Let's not forget that they started off quite well. Soon yeah. as we got the first goal, they, they started playing. Then we got the second and then they were like, oh, okay, and then the third and the fourth, and then, you know, the floodgates opened. There's the difference. I think that's we need to be cutthroat, and that day we were on it, and that's why we look so good. And when we are clinical, teams crumble. What we're doing is we're giving teams momentum and we're giving them belief. And it happened against West Brom and Sam's big fat Sam side, and it happened today. We, we we just got frustrated the bejesus out of. And sometimes I feel like we're a little guilty of walking the ball in the net. I'm going to be honest with you.
2: Yeah, I agree. Um, we don't like taking shots from outside the box, yes. do we? Nope. Um,
1: nope.
2: We do try and walk the ball in the net. It's so frustrating. It is really, really frustrating. Um, and the thing is, if if your game is a bit off due to fatigue or just not on form or whatever, it's really difficult to walk the ball in the net. Really, really difficult. You have to be perfect in your patterns and your touch and everything. Um to score that, that sort of goal, so a lot of the times the biggest chances will come from set pieces or counter attacks or within the ball high up the field. Um, but today was just wasn't our day. I mean, the chances we had, and where as against Palace we were really clinical. Touches were great. You look at Firmino's goal against Palace, for example, mm. where he just controls the ball first time and then lofts it over the keeper. Every um,
1: single one was a massive contender for the best goal. Absolutely. You know, like yeah.
2: And in this game, it was just the, the polar opposite. Touches were poor, um, you know. Half chances were just being scuffed, and, and counter attacks were just coming to nothing. And then when we did get a good chance, it just straight at the keeper. Um, yeah, it was. It was. It was really. It was really frustrating. I think we used up all of our good finishing in one game.
0: <laughs> it's, oh, it's, um, it
2: certainly yeah. feels
0: like it. <laughs>
1: Is this when it's like supporting the Knicks, um, uh, Justin?
0: No, it's far. Supporting the Knicks is far more depressing. I can assure you. Really? Significantly more depressing. Although
1: yeah,
2: they start the would be like
0: too. supporting yeah, Bolton
2: really... or something. It'd be like more supporting Bolton or something like that.
0: The oh Knicks. god. Yeah. Oh, imagine god. having your team relegated every season for twenty oh, years, and that's god. basically what being a Nick <laughs> fan is like. <laughs>
1: I just thought I'd bring up Nicks because I watched Saul, the movie, and they made a reference to Nicks, and I thought of you, I was like, he's gonna be fuming at that.
0: I started the season two and two, so I'm in a decent mood until they start until the inevitable like fifteen game losing streak comes
1: yeah, I mean justin what what are your thoughts on 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 the attack because you know with that question, we have you know one of the most deadliest trio's in terms of attack. there's no doubt about it, each and every single one of them is is, is phenomenal and um I want to get your thoughts on, on, on the attack because I think Cuzzy early on in the pod said, you know, um, Marnie looked good and, you know, and, you know, the other two looked a little off for me. Um, you know, sometimes we were, you know, the passing wasn't precise. It was behind the player. We, and sometimes I felt like we were slowing each other down on the counter. I think Marcel, was playing, you know, he's running with the ball and it's, you know, and he's, you know, the, the passing wasn't crisp and precise and it just slowed us down and made us blunt on counters.
0: Our count. There was two, there was another problem with our counters. They had to all go too long up the field, right? You, you, countering from ninety from ninety yards away is really hard, and all of our, a lot of our counters came from situations where once again it was Phillips starting with the ball, where we did break their press, which actually mm. happened regular, more regularly than it should have because Newcastle's just not very good at pressing. But mm. our, our our counters had to go so long up the pitch that like. Whoever was carrying the ball ran out runs out of steam at the end because carrying the ball at a full sprint for seventy yards is really hard. But um, I thought that I actually thought Bobby was okay. He should have scored, but I thought I think that he he at least looked like he could create opportunities for others. And the you know his first touch got better as the game went on. Mane was mm-hmm. actually very good. Like. Mm-hmm. It's not the reason that we didn't win this that we didn't win this game, but Mane is clearly fouled by Carl Darlow in the second half, and VAR should have checked it out because the keeper can't grab the player's leg. You, you, you can't do that. That's a that's a that's a pen, right? But uh, he, needs, he needs to go down there. He absolutely needs to fall like he's been shot. He
2: he needs he needs to run. He needs to literally run through and trip over the goalkeeper.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and make
2: a she... big deal of it. Yeah,
0: exactly. Because Darlow grabs his leg. Yeah. Right? But If that keeper's grabbing your leg in the box, you go down like you've been shot.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you
0: do. Yeah. But, um, and you
2: do, yeah. And you make a big deal of it. Everyone surrounds the ref. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we just acted like it was nothing. Like, ah, it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, it's basically like, I don't know if you guys have seen the clip that's been going around where, uh, I can't remember, it's an English commentator talking about Harry Kane running towards the end line when he dives and just says, well, he's got no, no other choice. Sadio Mane in that situation has no other choice. You fall over. You dive hit the ground well it's not even a dive at that point you've been fouled just sell it but i think sala was shit today and um he's had two very poor games on the bounce and i don't want to criticize him too too much because of the fact that he does his output is ridiculous but uh we don't typically survive well and have good things happen when sala goes through runs of games where there is no output from him it, it usually portends badly and uh He needs to get that right as quickly as possible.
1: What do you think is contributing to that? I mean, I've heard lots of, like, rumors that he wants to leave. I mean, and, you know, and you you also see it on social media. Get rid of him. It's fine. We'll sell him. We'll buy someone else.
0: Okay, someone on social media, (laughs) and Sam McGuire put that. I I know that this is not the the bitch about Liverpool social media show, but I'm going to do it for a second anyway. I don't know who did this. But someone put out that we should replace... Mohamed Salah, the guy with the the highest XG per game, I mean the highest, not XG, but goals and assist output per 90 minutes in Premier League history, which might have now, I don't know if that's dropped uh, below Thierry Henry, but that's who his competition is in output in the Premier League per game and replace him with Pedro Neto, right? Pedro Neto is a fine young player for Wolves. He's very good. He's, he's fine. He's fine. He's a really nice player. He might develop into something good. He is not at the level of output or, pri- or matching of output of a top 10 player in the world, which Mohamed Salah is. And on top of that... Like, Sice as I, well
1: yesterday. I'm sure I saw somebody saying replacing with Sice and all sorts. They, they just want anything and everything to do. Romaine Saiz is a
0: midfielder playing in the back three of a Wolves side that's, that doesn't try to attack. No, absolutely not. Respect the band. He's one of the best players you've ever seen. He's professional. He's not going to sandbag it because of the fact that he probably knows that we want to sell him to one of the Spanish giants at the end of the season so we can buy one of the younger star players to replace him. Because that's what we probably need to do in order to keep the project moving, right? And he's going to net the most money for it. It's been clear as day that that's going to happen. It doesn't need to happen acrimoniously. And the people trying to make that happen acrimoniously are really just assholes because he's going to go out and give you what he has. Like, there's no there's no effort issue from him. It's just sometimes you finish like shit. And today was one of those days where Mohamed Salah finished like shit.
1: Yeah, it really was. And I want to get your thoughts on this. Actually, both of you do chip in. And I feel like. What we're kind of really missing here is, um I mean, we club subs. Like, we'll talk about them, and you know, I think how slow he was to kind of bring on maybe a Shakiri kind of play. And Justin kind of touched on, you know, um, uh, this was a Knox kind of game, and we didn't see him. You know, club subs have been a bit suspect for me for the past two games. I'm not gonna lie, and you know, we're kind of looking at it, and you know, you, you, Justin, you spoke about the guy off um Twitter talking about Neto and stuff, but I feel like you know. We bought Jota, right? And we thought, yeah, he's going to be a really, really good squad player. But I think we're all absolutely gobsmacked at just how important he's been in terms of the goals this season. And, you know, just lacking that kind of player and, you know, just having that kind of, um, you know, quality from from the bench to inject that into the squad. I think we're really, really missing that. I think Klopp still looks at maybe the likes of Shakiri and Minamino's and Origi's and he's thinking, I don't quite trust you as much as I trust him. And again, that's a big loss in the attack because that's which a, is a mis- that which fall is
0: a, which is a huge mistake because Jordan Shakiri like maybe he doesn't fit what Klopp wants as far as the amount of defensive effort he puts in, but he is a well-established, deeply respected international who's pl- played incredibly well for Switzerland, has scored huge goals for Liverpool when called upon, and actually creates a ton from from like all metrics if you're looking at at a per ninety basis. He is a very good attacker who can unlock some really, 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 really tight defenses because he's compact and he's good with the ball. There's absolutely a use for him, and whatever is going on between him and Klopp that doesn't allow Shakiri to get on the pitch before the 91st minute in a game where he might be useful, there's something more to it. It's definitely not that Klopp doesn't rate the player, but he actively doesn't like something that he does. That, that's the only way I can read into this, because Shakiri is a very, very, very talented attacking player. He's and a great
1: passer, right? And I think you He's know, a we, fantastic he's creator. Like he's that got that. good vision. Yeah.
0: And we've seen we saw him the first half season he was here, how frequently he was kind of a fourth attacker to actually get in the mix. Or for that matter, Alex oxlade Chamberlain was our fourth leading scorer last season, right? Now look, I understand he started the season injured, but he's back now. He looked decent when he came on against West Brom, and actually was probably our, mo- our most our inventive player for you know yeah. the 15 odd minutes that. In, he played. Like, I, he's got to use some of these guys because flogging Cur- a 19 year old Curtis Jones who is 19 and is going to play like a 19 year old, and Jordan Henderson who goes through you know some real peaks and valleys as far as his ability to create. You need someone who's just more dependable to create that late goal, and I, Klopp has to be more proactive towards that. There, those games are there to be won.
1: They absolutely are. And Kuzi, what what are your thoughts on on you know the whole Klopp substitution and maybe not making the most of some of these players because? You know, Minamino, now I remember him against Crystal Palace and I kind of watched him quite a lot under the microscope because everything was going great. So I was like, this is the first time he's playing with the first team given the circumstances. We know it's not really the first team. We've got some big injuries. But I'm really going to watch him. And there was a lot of stuff that he did that was actually pretty decent and pretty good. And he came on against Fulham. Now, Fulham, were, we were awful against Fulham. But when Minamino come on, you saw what he was trying to do. I don't understand, like... <laughs> he looks like he's a player that needs to find some rhythm and I had Dave um, Horrocks on the pod a few weeks ago actually for the post-Palace game and he said he looks like a player that just needs rhythm and it looked like he was kind of finding it against Crystal Palace
2: and we've not seen him since this This, yeah. this, happens, this happened. This has happened with Shakiri and it's happened with Keita and it's happened with some other players um, it's a trust thing for me um, there are some, and especially when guys are not fit. I mean, this doesn't apply to Minamino, but this is more, this is more Shikiri and um, Keta, yeah? Discussing. Keta. Yeah. And so when those guys are on the bench and they are just come, coming off an of injury, I get the sense that Klopp just doesn't trust throwing them on, even if it's for half an hour, for example. But someone who he does trust, like a Jota or a Thiago, I could see him, I could see them getting minutes straight away after an injury. Um, so the likes of Ox, I was actually surprised that Ox came on against West Brom. Um, but um, I would have liked to have seen Shaqiri come on today because I, I definitely agree, with Justin. That he, he adds something, didn't he create a, a, a really good goal with him and Jota against? Yes, against it, West, Ham? I West, Ham. Now. West Ham. Was it West against Ham? West Ham? Yeah. yeah. Um, he's bright and he tries to do really positive things. He's got a cracking left foot. He can score from free kicks. He can he can shoot from distance, pass, create goals, everything. Um, so he's a guy I'd like to see more of. He'll, be, and then eventually he'll get a chance, and he'll start a few games, and he'll he'll come on for I don't know cameo appearances that that look decent, and then they'll get an injury again, and then you don't see him for three months. It's just a that sim that pattern just this you know just um repeats itself over and over. So um, it's it's difficult, but you know the guys that Klopp really trusts and Thiago and Jota are are two of them definitely. So I can't wait for those two to actually get back and be able to actually play substantial minutes um the Minamino is a strange one because he hasn't been injured and -hmm. he played well against Palace but yet Klopp doesn't seem to trust him it's as if he only plays when one of the front three need a rest Um, I would like to see him in that midfield three um especially late in games when we need something something different but it it doesn't it doesn't seem to happen for him. (laughs) Um, I I was of the opinion he could play like a number ten or a number eight, like an advanced number eight position. But that just that club just doesn't seem to want to actually put him in those positions. He's either in for Firmino or in for one of the wide players, or or he's just not playing at all.
1: Yeah, it is quite disheartening to kind of see and witness. I mean, guys, I'm gonna like uh, like I said, this part is a little bit a bit everywhere, and um, uh, I think we're we're getting really really frustrated by the smaller teams. We're also really, really turgid away from home. I mean, I'd like to get your thoughts on this. And, Justin, I'll come to you first. Do you think it's a season where, you know, know that famous Simon Brundish quote, right? Beat the dross and win the league. Is it one of those freaky years where the dross is actually quite hard to beat?
0: Yeah, this is... uh... I mean, look, if you, if you think it's going to be bad now, wait until the second half of the season with uh, the amount of fixture, congestion, congestion and injuries that are going to happen with uh, possible COVID outbreaks that are going through England, which it's going to hit more teams, right? We, we, we've yeah. seen this. It's going to hit more teams. If the Premier League is not going to stop, they're just going to keep rescheduling games to the back end of the season and it's going to be chaos and it's going to be ugly, right? That's what's going to happen. They're, they're already compressing a month off of the season with, because of the start in, uh, in September and with with you know they're playing the the league cup and the fa cup fully through there's i I know everybody hates to hear this there's international breaks coming in the second half of the season we're gonna have champions league there's europa league like the the quality of play is going to be shit and the top teams are all going to be awful um just it's really whoever gets to the finish line standing is going to be uh are, are going to be the teams that are going to win the Champions League places and then one of them will win the league. But the, it, it's it's just going to be very, very, very ugly. And it's truly a uh, a league right now where anybody can beat anybody on any given night. Like, I mean, even the West Brom game, right? They did the same exact thing to City right before mm. in Billich's last match, right? Yep. There's nobody who's lighting this on fire right now. If City, the team we're scared of most, wins both of their games in hand, there's still a point behind us. And there's no and who knows when those games are even gonna be played. So um I, I think that it's just a function of a, of a complete chaos here.
1: It's just madness, it's absolute madness. So you know what? I will I will not be surprised if teams like Aston Villa and West Brom and fucking okay, Leeds United and whoever else make Champions League football. Because, I mean talk to me about the season, it's been a clusterfuck and some of these small teams have actually really, really frustrated the crap out of me and I think frustrated the crap out of a lot of the big teams. And you definitely, definitely see that they definitely have the advantage given the fact that the bigger teams have more football. I know the Champions League has eased off now, but you see it.
2: I think those teams are going to feel it as well, eventually.
1: They um, better do. I,
2: I expect, I expect um, in a month or two... Those teams will start to have the COVID and injuries will start to impact on those clubs as well, um, and they'll start feeling it as the as the teams in Europe are feeling it at the moment. I, I do expect that, and um, I mean you, you just see you just see really weird results. I mean West Brom they play really well against us in terms of defensive performance, and then when they play three or four days later, they get slaughtered by Leeds, mm. um, who who were slaughtered six two at, at, at Old Trafford. Yeah, so. I mean, it's inconsistent everywhere. Really, <laughs> the league is the league. I don't think it's changed m- th- uh, that much, apart from the fact that the top two, who we're used to seeing really consistent ourselves in Man City, have dropped some uh, uh, levels. Uh, uh, so I've, just... dropped levels. Yeah, yeah so, so it's we're closer every... to the pack. Yeah, exactly. It's just,
1: like, it's just like a pile of shit, doesn't it? It's like the so. There's was...
2: no standout teams. You've got you've just got. Um, a division of (laughs) inconsistency and some shite and then every now and again some really good quality and you think oh Um, but yeah I I was thinking this the other day that when I'm looking at the Champions League draw I'm thinking to myself there's no way a Premier League team is winning it this year just the quality just doesn't seem to be there but then Mm -hmm. when you look at some of the results abroad for example Barcelona I've seen them getting stuffed by some some different teams in Spain and um, I'm not sure if anyone's consistent PSG have been losing games in their league um losing games so I don't know it, it, it's a weird one this season, yeah. this season is a weird one
1: and Creepy Thin Man got sacked as well you know it's, it's all very interesting I mean you're talking about drop of quality and guys I'm going to come to you because Jürgen Klopp did have a little bit of quality and as I'm reading this, I see, you know, Hakim just talking about Jürgen Klopp then. It's a player that he was so excited to have. And that we all understand and know why, you know, it's, it's the saucy one. Let's talk about Thiago because he brings him on and instantly, my God, you notice him just kind of getting the ball, looking up, whipping it. He's like a conductor. You know, he orchestrates things. It is it's just beautiful. He is like levels above anything. I even I I follow a few Newcastle United fans on my Twitter that I have followed for a very, very long time and I saw tweets from them saying he is majestic. You know? <laughs> you know, opposition fans. So you know what talked to me about that guy and how important it is to keep him fit. And Justin, I'll come to you because he did get another little nasty little tackle from Hayden and I hope his teeth fall out for that. You know, I'm cursing anyone who flipping puts a hand or a foot on Thiago. Uh, uh, you know, not not today. Absolutely not. Talk to me about uh, Thiago, just how incredible he is. And uh, just having that player fit and consistent is going to be a massive game changer in that midfield. Because, my God, we need it.
0: I'm going to be really contrarian for a second. Uh, but I was actually more impressed with what he did off the ball. than Because, like we we know how well he could pass, but he was uh he, he he won every single header he took. Um and he's only five eight, so that's pretty cool. That's no, pretty cool. And
1: he's always pointing as well to his players where to play the ball, which I love.
0: Well, I mean, why point where you can just shout as loud as you possibly can. Um but no, I mean he's <laughs> I'm I'm not remotely irritated with watching the last 90 180 odd minutes of jordan anderson's career if you haven't figured that out but um it's uh he's incredible just the long pass he was six to six on his long passes which is also very 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 hard he seems to find the player in space every time and he's willing and the speed it's not just the passes he picks but it's the speed and tempo with which he does them lulls you to sleep bang hits a pass that basically takes out three men that's something we haven't had in our midfield. He's not
1: ponderous this. as well, is he? He yeah. gets rid of it so quick.
0: Like It's not something we've had from an incisive perspective, probably since Gerard and from an absolute just tempo dictation since since Jabby. He's like a perfect combination of their two passing games, which is a pretty high compliment. Uh, I mean, it it, it it must be nice to have the best midfielder in the world, and I hope we get to find out in the second half of the season. is really the best thing I can put of it, because it was only 23 minutes, and it wasn't enough to influence unlocking uh unlocking the uh you know not very staunch staunch uh newcastle defense but uh it it, it ought to be nice because i'd like to have a second half of the season where uh, we win things and i think that he is key to that
1: absolutely and what about you because yeah, i know you're um you're a bit of a you know a hard man to please but you know you've got a player like Thiago. you see what he does i mean how much does he impress you and you know, uh, and just how important he's going to be. Because it comes to something when you're champions of England and the entire timeline, because that game was a snooze fest. But we got very excited when we saw Thiago warm up.
2: (laughs) Yes, someone who could come and create. (laughs) Um, I think we're just, we're sick of seeing certain things that we thought we would no longer see when we signed Fabinho. But anyway... Um, it's like a 2016-17 midfield the last couple of games. But anyway, um, yeah. So Tiago, I watched him closely off the ball, and his head is just always moving. It's on a swivel. Um, even if he's even if the the ball is nowhere near him, he's looking around to see. Okay, when I do receive it, what can I do with it? He gets the ball, and it's it's invariably first time passes. And as as um you and, and Justin was alluding to earlier, it's incisive passes, quick, firm, like and in front of players as well, so they can run onto the ball. Um, we played a lot of passes to the other guys in our team where they were just behind someone or yeah. really slow. So by the time the pass gets there, the, the receiver has to check his run and then they go back with the ball and then it, the move just doesn't go anywhere. But with him, it's just ticking it over like constantly. And it's always something positive. Even if it's a five-yard pass to someone right next to him, it's positive because he does it first time, he does it quickly. And he'll demand it back and then he will play a positive pass forward. Um, the fullbacks always have to be alert they don't get ignored. A lot of the times in the first half, um, Roberts would make a run; he'd get ignored. He'd make another run; he'd get ignored. Um, in the second half, I saw Trent make a run. He was in acres of space. Fabinho ignored him, and then it happened another time. As soon as um, Thiago comes on, first touch, first his first pass of the game. I think it was a crossroad pass to to, um, to Trent, and yeah. um, so it's it's just it's just stuff like that. And I just want to I don't want to be teased with it anymore. I just want to see it consistently now. Just him. Having a long run of games, fit, healthy, playing well every week and starting games rather than these fleeting performances where we just where they just wet our appetite and then we don't see it again for a couple of months. So please yeah. can we just have can we have it I, consistently, I, please? <laughs> I,
0: I'm gonna go on I'm gonna go on record with this. Um if, if Klopp tries to play him in an FA Cup game, um, I am flying to to, to liver <laughs> to form B. And going to do the Billy Madison flaming shit bag um, <laughs> routine to him. If you put him near any sort of competition, that that, that is utterly that, that has no meaning to me. Like the FA Cup this season, he he um, he will be committing a, a uh, crime that will be getting him a sneaker stepping in dog shit.
1: You know what? <laughs> I've I've got a feeling he's going to throw the Villa game anyway. I'm going to be honest with you. If he's got an ounce an ounce of sense, which he has. Yeah. You don't you don't take the FA Cup seriously, and you certainly don't take it
0: seriously this season.
2: Knowing people like want it. revenge and put the first team out.
0: <laughs> I like the FA Cup as a competition. Just not this year at all. I'm not remotely interested in it. Probably gonna take that weekend off from even watching football. Just don't care about it.
2: I'm not interested in it.
0: Uh
1: honest to God, I, I have no Especially idea. with no fans. Yeah, like the, the whole, you know, like that's what it. it's all about. I, I, like why, know. why,
0: who, who cares at this season? Like Manchester United, City, or Liverpool aren't going to go play against a tiny club in, a, in like, uh, in Wales, right? They're not going to play against Newport. There's no reason, like, there's no reason to hold this. There's no gate to give to those teams.
1: Mm.
2: Yeah, good point. Yeah. Um, I it thought the really Cubs should be really compromised this season. I'm, I'm surprised that they're both going ahead with Premier League teams involved, to be honest. But that's a I mean, the, th- on. the
1: thing that's kind of really upset me, I know we're on a tangent because of football so shit, but you know that we had Michelin in, in, our, in our Champions League group. And I was absolutely heartbroken for their fans because I was like, you know, their fans probably really wanted to come to Liverpool. And probably, you know, and the home fans probably really wanted to see Liverpool at their stadium and, you know, teams like, you know, Atalanta and stuff. But, you know, those kind of teams were really, really robbed of an experience this season. You know, we saw Shamrock Rovers against AC Milan, like their fans robbed of an experience.
2: It's really shit.
0: It just sucks. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it, and the team it, that spurs are playing well, I don't even know what their name is uh who's who that's Marine. it, I mean yeah. like that is a big game for them, right, and you know it's 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 heartbreaking, but it makes sense why fans shouldn't be there, but you when you look at the thing of like while wow, they've get, they're getting the a game, they're getting a big team and yet their fans can't be there that's for me, that's like a, a little sad thing on, on the whole aspect of things. Yeah, for me, the FA Cup is totally relevant and I don't think he's playing Tiago. He's treating Tiago like a limited edition lipstick. You use it once in a blue moon. <laughs> Especially this delicate flowered. I'm not being funny. Have you guys always how like, people are going to swipe in on him? Because I saw Hayden do it today.
0: Um, I'm not worried that they're going to do it with any intent. Like, I don't, th- I don't think there's a league wide conspiracy to injure team. No, but I
1: think I'm just scared now.
2: I think it's more Wait. of that.
0: Yeah, I think it's more and that the
2: you're scared. Is, yeah. And the fact that he's on the ball a lot and he's a really yeah. good player. So the manager's going to say, look, make sure when he gets the ball, you don't give him any time and you press him and, and, do it to read the really yeah. only
1: one. I'm not 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 to do it to any but of The
2: r- and the Richarl- the Tackle is an outlier though. That that's it's not yeah. on this any other the level as, as the um as the one today.
1: No, it's not. Um, no, that was disgusting. Yeah. That was appalling, awful. I think that's just been scarred in my head. That game, what happened was absolutely appalling. Guys, um, I think we pretty much talked about majority of this game. I don't think there's much that we want to kind of highlight, but is there anything that you feel needs highlighting? Maybe a player, maybe a a bit of play, anything anything that comes to your mind? Trent's you know
2: Concerned or not? Concerned.
0: Real shit since he came back from the injury and looked like he was coming into his form be- right before it. Do
1: you think it's something that he just plays himself into form, though? You, you know, we've got to be a little bit, you know...
0: I think uh, so. I, I think he'll play himself uh, into four, but I think he's, he hopefully too, he's too, too good normal. not to. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's, I think he's too good not to. I just don't think he's been particularly good.
1: I think today he was better than West Brom though. I thought, I thought there was definitely a better thing in his quality than against West Brom. Like I still think about that ball that he played to Sadio Mane in the first half and stuff. Like I saw what he can do or what he used to do. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I mean, that ball is really great, but it's kind of in isolation, the only great ball he played all match.
1: I know, but i got to cheer the small stuff. You know, I, I like to see some... <laughs> I get it, I, I get it. <laughs> yeah, because we, we know he's good, right? We know he's great, but you're right. I feel like him not being at his best is actually really, really hindering the attack. And certainly, and that could be a contributing factor as to why maybe things are not quite happening for Marcelo on the right as well. Do you think that's fair?
0: Yeah. I also just think that we're not creating any space for our attackers by having a midfield that moves the ball incredibly slowly. Yeah, you know what? There was one bright side. Henderson stopped it with that highly predictable back post crossed at some point in the second half.
1: You've been talking about that a lot on social media. It's
0: fucking awful. Everybody knows it's coming. <laughs> Everybody.
1: Cozy, I'll I'll come to you then. Um. Uh, any anything that kind of stood out for you but anything that you feel like needs highlighting
2: um well, the game was so turgid that i'm struggling to think of anything that really sort of stood out um apart from the fact that it took a good 70 minutes for us to um turn the screw on newcastle mm. um so it was disappointing that we wasted all that that time but um yeah um I I I guess the um the biggest positive was looking at the league table and seeing that we're still top.
1: <laughs> it's <laughs> mad, isn't it, <laughs> that we're all bitching and we're still sat on top? <laughs> you know,
2: yeah, <laughs> bitching <laughs> our shit we are. We I mean, look at the league table and we're first.
0: Um... It's because we could be very clear. That's why.
1: Yeah, that's what it is. That's exactly what it is.
0: You know, there's there's one other thing that I'm left with as a thought from this game, right? Which is that we. It feels like we've lost all threat off of set pieces um, altogether, mm. which really sucks because we get a lot of them. Just no threat. I
1: think it's. I think what I, I think. I feel like we've lost a lot since Virgil Van Dyke as well. You know the headers yeah Yeah. things like that that's like for me has massively blunted it. I mean don't get me wrong Reese Williams looks good in the air and stuff and you know like you know he looks quite decent in and we saw um, we saw Matip score but it's not the same it's not and even Fabinho as well he you know he had a thunder bastard at the end of the box or something and I feel like everything's just kind of negated itself a bit
0: yeah, I mean, it's basically we're about ten percent worse without this, the the best defend the best defender in the world, which makes sense.
1: It does make sense. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to ask you a question. There's been a lot of talk about will football continue? Will it suspend? I mean, Justin, we've all been put in tears again. You know, uh, you know, Manchester and Greater Manchester have been moved into tier four. Cause, yeah I think you're already in tier four, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I've I've been promoted to your levels and um, you know...
2: (laughs) You've been really good. What
0: what does that mean you guys can do? Because I live in a country that basically abandoned all pretense of having rules and I can do basically anything even though I choose not to.
1: Jeez. Basically what tier four means now is if you look out your window, you're breaking the law.
2: It's more more or less (laughs) lockdown.
1: Yeah. Yeah, It it is basically lockdown and You know how we were maybe in March? I mean, Justin, do you remember how everyone was like locked down in March? And you probably heard about what was going on in the UK. Like everything was pretty much closed except for these essential shops. And I think we're heading down that route. But the schools are still open, which is bloody weird, because that's where the big spread has happened, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, you see, for us, it's like the only thing that I can't go do in New York City is go eat indoors at a restaurant. I can go eat outdoors at a restaurant. Uh, Every single store is open. If I wanted to, I could go to a brewery and buy a case of, and like, even in March, we were like, we, we, we had it really half assed, which is why the spread is uncontrolled in the US. But, um, yeah, I, I can't, I, I think there's, I, I don't think that the Premier League is going to take breaks. I don't think that they're going.
2: It's not, no, I don't think so either.
0: They're just going to keep pushing for, and postponing games. They don't want to do it. They don't want to lose any more, they don't want to lose any more uh, TV money. Especially at a point in time where everybody's stuck at home. So basically, they can just, you know, all eyes will be on the PL. It is your your entertainment.
2: They'll only only pause or or have a suspension if the government forces them to. Exactly. They won't, on their own accord, pause the season. I can't see that happening at all. There's no room, anyway, in the calendar to do it. Because there was no room, anyway, at the beginning of the season when they set the whole thing up. Um, every week and midweek is accounted for, really, by some sort of competition or whether it's Cup or Europe or international break. There's no space. I don't know when Man City are going to play those games. I just <laughs> I really, I really don't.
1: Can I ask it's you a personal question on all this? Are you getting a bit sick of football? Be honest.
2: I am, um, mm. in a sense of, and it may be the fact that I'm spot because in the last couple of years, my team has been awesome. And this year, because of the injuries, I've just... It's just been a bit frustrated that the VAR and the injuries, the lack of fans in the stadium, it's just, it doesn't mean as much to me. Mm. And I suppose if I weren't sort of Liverpool mad, then I probably wouldn't watch it. I probably wouldn't watch um, sports, but I'm not watching other, other clubs play as much as I used to. Um, it's most I watch Liverpool games, obviously, but then the other clubs, I maybe watch bits and pieces. So yeah. I'm definitely not as invested as, as I have been previously.
0: Yeah the problem for me is I'm watching more of it but the quality of it's shit. Mm. I'm stuck at home all day. I you know I have a TV in the room that I work in so I like I put the games I I put games on on uh with you know with the sound on mute while I'm working. So I'm seeing you know at least the big, the action and all these games. like the quality of play is crap and cuz he's right like it's the VAR room ru- the way in which VAR has been implemented is ruining things. Um uh, the, the lack of fans and the lack of atmosphere—you, it's—it's—it's it's, it's apparent, right? Like, it's an, sports are emotional, and, and and like the players need the players need the supporters, and with, without that, it just kind of makes it dull. But I'm still watching all of them.
1: Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, I'm 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 with both of you here because I am getting really sick of it. I feel like I've been watching too much of it, and it's just lacking what it what it used to be, the fans, everything. And I think VAR has taken a lot out and I just feel like, you know, and it's just this constant turnaround of football as well. And, you know, and, you know, television companies getting incredibly greedy as well. I also have not enjoyed the debate about, um, you know, they footballers and they should be able to play regardless and uh, you know um that that you know the muscle strain and all this you know it doesn't matter and then you've got um, a tactics timmy tim sherwood saying injuries are all psychological they all happen in your head anyway you know i've heard and read some ridiculous things and i think that just makes me really angry
0: those people are idiots and you shouldn't pay attention to them
1: but you know you just you think, how on earth have you got on television like you shouldn't be allowed to speak, but it's just been a cluster of everything, guys, I think we've come to the end of the pod. I don't really want to talk about this game. I'm gonna put a line under it. You know what this game just pretty this just summarized twenty twenty for me um before i go where can guys guys where can people find you more on social media and, and things and um, if you've got a message for the end of the year any any positivity that you'd like to share feel free because i'll come to you any words of wisdom this is the cozy speech not the queen speech, oh,
2: speech no there's this there's, there's, there's no speech for me really other than can 2020 please go away and just fuck off and have a, <laughs> a brand new year and some positivity. Um, I'm just looking forward to this a new year and some new positivity. And COVID eventually just going away. And, you know, some some form of norm- normality coming back to coming back to life. Because I think going into tier four um, is a bit of a bummer. Especially just a couple of weeks before Christmas. So um, I am hoping eventually we can just come out of that and have a decent... We still haven't had our... Um, so, you know, just looking forward to being able to to do, do some of those positive things really. So not 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 a speech as such, but yeah, just eager to um to just put this shit here behind me.
1: I know, it's been dreadful. And I've not even left here for since we went into it pretty much, you know, in March. I've pretty much stuck to the same thing, you know, only going out for my essentials if I need to. And that's only if I absolutely need to. Um I've literally not gone out because I'm not going to do that. <laughs> uh, what about you, Emma? Justin, any positivity? Any? Where can people find you on social media? then you know, the flaws yours, basically.
0: Uh, you can find me at Rolls on Shabbos, and um, you know, as usual, try to try to take care of e- each other. Um, and uh, I don't know, maybe for 2021, let's uh, let's let's kick it in with the immortal words of uh, Ted, you know, Bill and Ted, um, be excellent to each other.
1: And Parion, dudes.
0: <laughs> That's Wayne's World, Nina.
1: No, they, they, they say Parion. They do. And Parion. Oh, yeah. They do. Shame on you.
0: I failed.
1: You know what? Actually, you did get me second guessing as well because it is a very, like, Wayne's World kind of thing to say, but they do say Parion. I thought
0: they screamed Wild Stallions, the name of yeah. their band.
1: I actually have a Wild Stallions t shirt because I'm sad. Not shocking. <laughs> oh well, well guys thank you so much for listening i know that was not the best result but fingers crossed and here's hoping that you know 21 is is a better year for us personally and in terms of football as well take care stay safe and wish you a very very happy new year till next time take care and up the reds